Spark Studio presents People, People, People podcast. Hey everyone, welcome to episode eight. I got to sit down with my dear friend Mabel from Design School, and she is lovely. We laughed way too much, had an amazing time, and I got to catch up with her and what she's doing, and just knowing that it's okay if you don't have it all figured out. Please enjoy episode eight. Hey, Mabel. Welcome to the podcast. Um, I'm so excited to be sitting down with you. And all I can think about is when I met you in our very first design class and you were a part of the Red Cross and you came in and you were like, everyone, give money to the Red Cross. And we were so pumped about it. And I just loved your energy and how enthusiastic you were. And now we've been friends for like 30 years. Yeah, I remember um, we were, were known as the two loudest people in our class. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, yeah, that's a good uh, good thing to aspire to. So, yeah, so maybe this podcast will be very loud today. We'll see. What is all I love it. Okay, let's jump in. So, who are you? My name is Mabel Tan, and as Sarah said, uh, we went to school together for design, for interior design specifically, and yeah, I'm a Taiwanese-American, proud to be, um, first-gen immigrant child, uh, and yeah, just trying to find my way in the world and figuring out who I am one day at a time. Beautiful. Here to be Sarah Nelson's friend. (laughs) I love that. I absolutely love that. And I love listening to like your stories that you have about like you and your mom and more something that happened during your childhood. But Mm -hmm. you told me how you like literally mopped your whole house like on your hands and knees. And that's like something that like was like very normal. But Yeah, I want to hear like a little bit more about you and your mom's relationship and just growing up like in an immigrant family and like how that's impacted your life today. Yeah, for sure. I think it's very common for people in the AAPI community Mm -hmm. um, to have probably similar experiences to mine where our parents were immigrants. And so we're the first generation to be born and raised in America. Yeah. And it's a lot of conflicting identities and figuring out if you are American enough to be American or if you are, in my case, Taiwanese enough to be Taiwanese. Yeah. And as you get older, you just kind of find this balance between the two and have to realize that that's okay and that you don't have to be one or the other and that it's okay to be a combination of both. Yeah. Um, but for a lot of us, or at, at least I can speak for myself growing up, um, I grew up in a pretty like conservative, strict environment, mm-hmm. especially because my mom was a single parent. So it was obviously really difficult. She raised myself and my older brother. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, of course, you know, stability of financials is top of mind. Yeah. Um, as well as making sure that your child is going to be successful. Mm-hmm. And for a lot of um, immigrant families being successful means financially stable. Yeah. And that kind of turns into this pressure of always being successful in your academics. Mm-hmm. 
And that could also turn into, you know, more discipline, both like verbally, like, and also, you know, a lot of classes to go tutoring and making sure that you're trying to be at like the top of your class. Yeah. I was not the top of my class, <laughs> unfortunately for my mother. Um, so, but yeah, it's just like a lot of internal pressure. Yeah. Um, and having a feeling of, oh, I hope that I can make them proud and I hope I can be successful. So then I need almost feel like you need to do that to be accepted yeah and also as like a young child like this is like elementary school and junior high where you're like i have to be at this certain level to honor my family and like what your mom and aunts and grandma did for you and so i can't even imagine like what that pressure is like because they moved here to give you a better life which is absolutely incredible but at the same time, it's like, how much pressure can a child hold? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think it's not until you get older and depending on who your peers are that you learn to speak up or speak your mind. Mm-hmm. It's also in a lot of East Asian society or cultural culturally, it's not normal for you to speak up Yeah, because it's a lot more conservative mm-hmm. and you usually do what you're told especially by your elders yeah and so i think growing up in america where you're taught that individualism is really important yeah and you learn that at school but then when you go home you're once taught that you should be quiet and listen to your elder yeah so there's this like struggle internally of your subconscious on what is correct yeah and what is the balance that is acceptable for yourself and mm-hmm. also for when you speak to your family and i think now that i'm in my 30s i'm finally figuring out like why i think the way i do and um, what is the best way for me to explain my ideas to my family yeah. and also how do i portray myself to my outside community and also i guess in a complicated way like how much do I define myself as um, an AAPI member yeah. in my community? Um, and think that's something that, yeah, I think a lot of us struggle with as like the first generation of kids. Totally. Um, at least for me, it's like I have a I have a pride in me that my family is from Taiwan, but also yeah. I don't know it enough to the point where I can say I'm like a local. Like when I go there, I can't read all the Chinese characters, you know, mm-hmm. I just need to use Google. To <laughs> so I am a tourist. Yeah. But yet I define myself as like Taiwanese American. Yeah. And I think yeah. that's still really beautiful that you can be like, I'm American and I'm Taiwanese, like, and have both of those. I think oftentimes, like in society, it's very much like, oh, you have to be completely on this side or completely on the opposite side. And there's often no room for like intermixing or like having half and half or quarters or whatever it is in a lot of situations. But I think it's really beautiful to have a lot of different things about you. Like, Mm -hmm. that's amazing. And I think too, like, one of the things that like really drew me to you in that first design class was like you were really energetic and bold very like eccentric in a way and like I loved that because that's kind of how I am like I'm very bold but 
in my childhood, like I got made fun of a lot for being like extremely different because I was like kind of out of the box. And that's how I saw you is like, here's this girl with all this energy and life and she's outside of the box and like, and also is an incredible designer. And like, I just, I don't know, you probably didn't feel it, but I just would get so stoked to always see you because I was like, oh, Mabel has like the best project. She's so much fun. And like, Little did I know at that moment, you probably had been somewhat struggling with like your loudness and your energy. And because that's not stereotypical for, you know, Asian culture, right? Yeah, I think probably my awkwardness translates to eccentricness. But yeah, actually, that comes to think of like another story, which is that growing up in school, I was actually the most quiet person in the class. Wow. <laughs> I'm saying wow because now I am the loudest. <laughs> but growing up for elementary school, the middle school, I was always the the quietest person in the class and the shyest person. And I was the type of student where I would come to class and I would sit and I would leave and just go to the next class. And I was known as the person that never spoke mm-hmm. to the point where like one time my teacher was like, why can't you guys be like Mabel? And the student <laughs> said, because she never talks. And I, for some reason, this is like in middle school, yeah. I felt so insulted by that because I felt like, I have thoughts I want to express, and who are you to judge me? Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> so the next year in school, I decided that I'm going to talk a lot. Simple to that, I I decided that I'm going to say what I think. Um, and I think as we get older, we, can, we become better at expressing mm-hmm. ourselves. But that was kind of like the first breaking point of, I guess, having a very obvious change in character to like people interacting with me yeah yeah so yeah that was kind of a i guess groundbreaking in a way i love it my personality yeah um and yeah it's just been a journey ever since i feel like i feel like the 20s when you're young you're figuring yourself out and then in the 20s you're exploring what's out there in the world and now that we're entering our 30s it's about really understanding yourself why you think the way you do um how to express yourself so that others can understand yourself better how do you how do you understand others um and yeah that's really good and that like transitions nicely into the next question what do you believe in what do i believe in i think for now i believe in really understanding yourself Mm -hmm. in order to be kinder to others yeah if you don't understand your own thoughts and why you act the way you do Mm -hmm. then it'll be hard for you to be kind to yourself yeah and also to be considerate of others because when you understand the way you think you're looking back into your past and perhaps not getting stuck there because you never want to do that you should be living in the present yes um but I found for myself when I listen to like therapy podcasts and, um, and they talk a lot about scientifically neuroscience, like how your brain actually thinks and the act of thinking and how malleable it is. Yeah. You can change literally if you're 80 years old. If you want to like train your brain to think differently, you still can do that. That's amazing. It's constantly malleable. Mm-hmm. But yes, the way that you've been brought up has wired your circuits to think a certain way and that just kind of gives you 
a better understanding of, okay, why am I angry? Yep. And once you understand that, then it also allows you to think, okay, this other person I'm talking to is not happy right now. Why is that? And you allow yourself to think they probably have some type of experience that I don't understand. Yep. And that's giving the reason for why they are acting that certain way. Yeah. And so I find it just essential to being a good human and I'm exploring more into that at the moment. And just, yeah, the the more you know yourself, the better you are to others. I totally agree. And I think like having that self-awareness a lot translates really nicely into like social awareness. And if you've experienced and really dove into like, okay, I'm angry because of X, Y, and Z. Because oftentimes we get angry and we don't know why we're angry. We don't know why, what's driving that. Yeah. But then when you dig deep, you know, if it's in therapy or going on long walks to figure out why you're feeling this way and you pinpoint like, oh, this is what makes me angry or upset. Then when you do encounter someone that is angry, you have more empathy towards them because you realize like, oh, it could be this or it could be a bunch of different reasons. Yes. But if we haven't like worked through our own issues and our own feelings in our lives, how the heck are we going to have the capacity to help others with their, not even help them, but be empathetic and understanding, right? And so I think that's that's really, really beautiful. Like the more that we work on ourselves, the more that we figure out like why we're doing these things, we can be more kind and available for others around us. Yeah, for sure. And I think that the mind is a funny thing, right? Like it's, it's also like I've been working on doing meditation yeah. and being present is something that is so difficult. And I feel like a big misconception was that when you meditate, it's that you're emptying your mind, but actually it's about being so present in your mind that you acknowledge every thought that comes to your mind and that you're, you're able to let it go. And that is such a difficult thing to do (laughs) because our mind is just always churning, going, right? Yeah. It's always going. And I think that's been a very humbling experience yeah. to meditate and also understand that you don't have to fix every problem that you come up with in your head. Yeah. And that I think another big thing for me is, you know, I think in our current society, everyone, especially on social media, mm-hmm. there's this stress of like living your passion. Yeah. And, like living this fabulous life yep. that you are living like to the fullest. Yep. And so it's like a subconscious feeling of, oh, you're not, if you're not there yet, then you're not good enough in a way. Yep. And I was talking to a friend and she just told me like, well, it it can be okay to just be on the journey to find mm-hmm. that. And that's enough. Yep. And I, and you sometimes just need someone to tell you that, yep. that it's okay to just be on the journey. You don't have to be at this final destination of pure bliss. Mm-hmm. Like, that is not realistic. Yeah. And I think also this idea of the stress of being happy. Yeah. Like happy is such a strong loaded word, at least for me. Yeah. I feel like nowadays I don't I don't really strive to be happy. Yeah. I feel like happy is a state of mind that comes and goes. It's fleeting, right? Yeah, it's fleeting and you accept that. 
and you enjoy it while it's there, but it's not defined by this elation that is just overwhelming. Yep. It's just this, yeah, like you said, a fleeting moment. So funny because I was like really thinking about this. Well, I've been thinking about the word present for a couple of weeks now, and I've thought about it on and off for a long time, but it's really been like on the top of my mind. And like when I journal and meditate and all of this stuff, like what does it actually mean to be present? Because really all that we have is like right now. We don't have the past. We don't have the future. Like we have now. And I was actually just thinking about social media and this idea of like the people that have like millions of uh, views or followers or whatever it is, most of those accounts are like really epic or extreme. They're like the peaks of like craziness, right? And it's like, for some reason, we think that that has to translate into our lives of like, oh, I have to be epic all the time. But the reality is, is that honestly, our lives are pretty mundane. Like, <laughs> we're not meant to live lives that are like always on the peak. Like, yeah. that's not a sustainable life, right? Yeah. And I remember a while ago, my counselor telling me, I just was like in this really bad depression and I just was saying like, I really just want to be normal. I want to be normal. And she was like, she very calmly said, Sarah, you are a work in progress mm -hmm. and you will not be normal until the day you meet Jesus. <laughs> and like the reality really clicked into me of like, yeah. and when she says the day that you meet Jesus, it's like the day that you pass away. Yeah. Like when you're gone from this earth, like we are constantly a work in progress and we're always evolving. And that's incredibly beautiful. Like I don't want to hit my peak right now because then I'm going to be bored for like 60 years. <laughs> Right. So I think what all that you just had to say is really beautiful. And it's funny that we've been like kind of weirdly thinking about this all at the same time and not even talking about it yeah. like in our personal lives. But like that just to be present and grateful and thankful for what we have right now and that it doesn't have to be this like Mount Everest moment. And there will be incredible moments throughout our lives, but that our whole lives don't have to be at that like 100% all the time. So I really, I really love you saying that because it gives me peace too of, oh, there's other people that are going through the same thing that I'm going through. I've also recently, one of my favorite things to do is watch YouTube interviews of old people. <laughs> <laughs> I love old people. Yeah, like, you know how, like, people always say that they're super wise or whatever? And no. and I think, like, man, they really are. And I think yeah. as we get older, we really realize, like, and I'm definitely way wiser than, like, even a year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Or, and then compare yourself to maybe five years ago or ten years ago. And yeah. it really takes, like, life experience to give you perspective. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the... I should try to say old people sounds kind of like derogatory. How about elder? Okay. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> um, yeah. And a lot of them do say that, you know, there's this obsession with happiness right now and yep. just like live life as it comes, you know, and mm -hmm. take pressure off of yourself. Yeah. And 
even now when our world is obviously a lot of crazy stuff is happening, I think a lot of the negativity that we see is also just because there's so much information that's available to us now. Yeah. It's hard to turn your brain off. We're inundated all day, every day. Yeah. And sometimes when I get like, you know, depressed thinking about all the negative things that's happening, I have to remind myself that, you know, there's there are generations of people that have gone through both world wars, you yes. know, and especially influenza and child labor, yeah. you know, all within the same lifetime. Totally. And every generation has issues that they're dealing with. Yep. But People are adaptable mm-hmm. and you just kind of have to take it as it comes. Obviously, easier said than done, yeah. but just giving a perspective, like historically, yeah. kind, you know, shit happens. Yes. And you move on with life and it's just yeah. all in your head yeah. how you see that and how you want to deal with it. I love that. I absolutely love that. And I totally agree. And it reminds me of, I'm going to totally butcher it, but there's this like quote from Mr. Rogers about like when something bad that happens, like look for the people that are running back into the building. Look for the people that are the helpers. And I love that idea of like, you know, maybe that is in a natural disaster or some type of horrible event. But at the same time, I think that also applies to life of like, Look for those people that are running back to a situation where someone needs help or because I think oftentimes these grand, huge gestures are like celebrated by our society of like, oh, you have to be doing these extravagant things to have change in the world. But it's like actually like just going over to your neighbor that's like lost their job or a spouse or whatever it is and giving them comfort in that moment like that's changing society. Yeah. Even though it's just one person, like bringing empathy and kindness, because at the end of the day, like we're all just trying to survive. Yeah. And so for us to be able to show kindness um, towards others in even small little moments, I think is a seed planted. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we're going around planting all these seeds. By the end of a decade, there might be a forest. I like that. (laughs) (laughs) But I think it's like really beautiful. Like we don't really know like what our impact actually is. And if we can go about our lives just spreading kindness because we have self-awareness and not to say that we're perfect or we know everything, but like by focusing on ourselves and making sure ourselves are right, then we have more space and room to like help others. Um when it's necessary yeah for sure i think you're amazing <laughs> <laughs> thanks and i think it's really also fascinating talking to a lot of our peers right now mm-hmm. in our current state of mind where you know we finished school we've worked yeah. for a few years nine years oh my god we're getting old oh, we're getting old yeah i for a minute the other day i was like have i been out of like high school for 20 years i had like this freak out moment but it's only been like 16 yeah not (laughs) (laughs) but it's just like yeah it's crazy knowing yourself is not about yeah like being selfish Mm -hmm. like it's just like understanding where you came from and yeah yeah, acknowledging that you've changed and that's cool and you'll continue to change yeah and not put pressure on yourself like you said 
Works in progress, baby. Yo. (laughs) (laughs) The last and final question is, what are you currently doing? What am I currently doing? Um, I actually think this question is really interesting because I've just gone through a whole mind shift of defining myself by my career. Great. And now that you asked me that, I would say I'm currently working on trying to get to know myself better. Love it. And also trying to understand what I like to do, what I don't like to do, but also accepting that it's acceptable to do nothing. Yeah. Same time. Yes. Um, and yeah, so why I think it's fascinating is I think for those of us that are really driven in our careers and especially with this whole society pressure of like living your passion and working your passion. Yeah. If you haven't found your passion yet, then do a side hustle and help your passion. <laughs> you know, your passion is to have a hustle. Yeah. And after living in that mindset of just working a lot and I enjoyed what I did as a designer. Mm-hmm. Um, but I realize now that I define myself as a designer so much. Like if someone asked me, who am I? I would say, I'm Mabel and I'm a designer, you know? Yeah. And like, what do you do? I'm a designer. Like, yeah. what are you working on? I'm working on, you know, being a better designer. <laughs> and I never realized that I define myself so much by that career. Yep. And now that I've kind of taken a step back, I've noticed that I don't know who I am outside of that. Mm-hmm. And so right now I'm just taking the time to figure out who am I outside of being that designer person. Like I still love being creative. Yeah. So I would say I would define myself as a creative person. Yeah. And I almost enjoy that freedom of being a creative person versus a design. Yes. Because um, it's just a bigger Venn diagram of things that I can do with the word creative. Yeah, you're not limited, yeah, right? Exactly. So yeah, I'm just working on figuring myself out, um, you know, exploring, you know, myself doing yoga or hiking or finding out what projects I want to work on. I bought this really expensive camera when I was living abroad like a couple of years ago as a goodbye gift to myself. Yeah. And I Rarely use it because I can't understand all the settings, <laughs> but I'm working on that, and um, and that's okay. Yeah. So, yeah, just exploring. It's so cool to explore because, I don't know, like, I just recently took a four-week ceramics class, and, like, when I started, I was like, I must be perfect. Yeah. I must not look like a fool. Like, yeah. and there were so many moments of, like, going into the ceramic studio, and I was like, all the people that are epic ceramicists (laughs) like are looking at this looking at me and being like you suck and it's like it doesn't matter exactly like you do suck dude who cares and but i think like that's really beautiful about like starting something new and like figuring out like who you are you're just trying a bunch of different things it's like when your parents put you in a thousand sports when you're like a little kid and you're just trying to figure out like oh i like this or i don't like this And you just start to like weed things out and it seems like you're okay with like failing and exploring and failing and exploring because then that's how you figure out, yeah, what you like and what you don't like, right? Yeah, exactly. Actually a really beautiful place to be. And I think a lot of adults don't like to be in that place because typically we just get older and more boring. 
And I don't want to do that with my life. So I think we should make a pact that we should become more interesting as we become older. We can peaky promise on this right now. (laughs) Yeah, I really do think as people become older, we just become more fixated in our ideas and beliefs and what we do. And the fact that you're kind of like unraveling that and like questioning and saying like, yeah, I am creative, but I want to try these different avenues and explore these different things, I think is really bold and actually a lot braver than most people are willing to like actually do. Oh, thanks, man. So I say keep on exploring. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like right now that perfectionism that you're talking about is also it's like a it's like a mindset that is so silly because we make that up and yeah it's right but even for me figuring out what do i want to try next there's this pressure like oh but do i really want to do that yeah i'd be doing something else yeah and then i have to remind myself that i'm overthinking and i yes. just need to do something the mind is just crazy it is so <laughs> complex like yeah i am literally always blown away like i think i have these like thoughts upon thoughts about our brains and how we think and i'm just like Wow, we're so complex. Yeah. But I think another thing that you were talking about is like being okay with like resting and like not doing anything. And man, I can totally relate to that because even this last month, I was like, okay, I need to like chill and was doing way too many things. I'm like sitting on the couch on the weekend feeling guilty for like not doing anything. And (laughs) (laughs) I think as Americans, it's this like, hustle grind hustle grind do all the things like and it's like no like it's actually like very imperative that we get rest yeah because if we're if we don't have fuel in our body if we don't have something that is energy to actually go then we're not going anywhere yeah humans honestly are just going on empty yeah i think it's you know a lot of like fear and security in what you have as a daily routine yep like even if you hate it yeah it's really scary to snap out of that routine yeah. and try something new even though you know it's not good for you yeah so even just like small daily habits that like i'm currently working on i don't know if you're looking at anything like even just looking at the phone i have to cover my phone sometimes because i know i'm going to reach for it and look at it and i'm going to waste like two hours on there Totally. Rolling through like Instagram or something. And it's like understanding that there are certain things that you do that you know are bad for you. Yeah. And like having the discipline to try to change that. Yep. Yeah. Well, I think that's really interesting going back to clearing your mind and meditating and processing through all these things that are going on in your head i think it's actually very scary to people to actually process those feelings Mm. and what we end up doing is we just mask it by being super busy and saying oh i don't have time to like handle these Mm. face these feelings and like that's why a lot of people you know don't go to counseling when they should go to counseling (laughs) because Counseling is extremely hard. Like, Mm -hmm. if you're actually going to do it, Mm -hmm. like, you have to go through the thick forest of craziness. Like, you have to face every single situation that you've gone through, like, head on and say, like, 
okay, how am I going to handle this situation? Yeah. And I think, honestly, that's the same thing with meditation is like you have to these feelings of whatever it is, anger or loneliness, you have to face those head on and go, why am I feeling this way? That's very scary to people. Mm -hmm. And I think busyness masks that really well. Yeah. Because you don't, you don't even have time to think about. No, you don't have to, time to think about what's going on in between your ears, right? Yeah, for sure. So I think what you're doing is extremely brave and in the long run is going to like be so healthy for like who you are as a human. Yeah, I I feel like another thing is that I think it's really sad when people say they have regrets because honestly, however you're feeling at the moment, you needed all those past experiences to make you think how you think now and how you feel now. Yeah. And yeah, I think all the cheesy things that people put in postcards, (laughs) it's like so true, you know, you need those like learning experiences for yourself as a person. So. Yeah, we'll just get better. Heck yeah, like a fine wine, baby. Let's all go. (laughs) I'd love to be a fine wine with you. It's been a good journey so far, so. Yeah, it's actually like really, I don't know, serendipitous to like think we met in 2009 Mm -hmm. when we were like 18, 19 years old and now we're 33-ish. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, that's a long time. There were seasons where we were super close. There were seasons where we were talking about like we hardly spoke because we were in different countries. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's really rad to see like the maturity in both of us and just like the ebbs and flows of life. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I'm just really proud of you'll always be Mabel Tan. Like, and that's so incredible to me but that there's also like maturity that's brought with that and like perspective of like yeah this is where I'm going this is what I believe and I've just always thought that you are such a sincere and kind and genuine and loving person um, not only to the people right around you but to anyone that you come across so thanks yeah heck yeah and no, I mean, I think you remind me that I should always be positive. <laughs> like too hard on yourself, and I, I always want to just remind you that, but it's okay. Well, like thank you. I'm trying your best, and that's all you can do, right? Yes, and it's enough. And I love that. So it's all good, baby, baby. <laughs> Tomorrow's a new day. It's all good in the hood. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Having a stressful day, it's gonna go by. Tomorrow will be all good. Yes. I loved it. Well, thank you for being my friend. Thank you for being on the podcast. And let's do another like 14 years of friendship. (laughs) We could be old people in a senior citizen home together. Yeah. (laughs) And our little rockers podcast. Yes. And you'll be a pro ceramic. I love it. And you'll be like... Doing creative stuff. (laughs) Okay, Mabel. Well, thank you. And you're amazing. Thanks, Dan.